listeners, this is Shell, and this is Flavor of Life. Today I will be joined by B-Fly and T-Chai, and we will be discussing teen culture. So to start off, B-Fly, um, I would just like to know how you guys were both um, like as teenagers. Well, um, I think as a teenager, I was kind of starting to break out of my shell more. I wasn't as shy as I was in elementary and middle school. Um, so I started joining different organizations like Drama Club and um, I was on the basketball team and just kind of busy with extracurriculars. So definitely became more outgoing as a teen. Um, I think like culture wise, I always, I always think of what was popular at the time. And for me, um, everything was like small and miniature so we had those small purses everybody was carrying around mm -hmm. um we had like butterfly clips in our hair oh right i remember those mm -hmm. oh lots of hair accessories accessories right. exactly um lots of bright colors i was definitely a 90s kid jelly shoes um think of like clueless that kind of fashion and that's yeah. totally what I wanted to wear like with the <laughs> with the high knee socks and like the plaid um, Skirt? skirts oh. oh yeah definitely had one of those so yeah I think a lot of my fashion choices were <laughs> based on <laughs> movies that I would see pop culture I agree with that so also it reminds me of the high waistline pants I used to wear that didn't have the button and the zipper in the front. It was just elastic. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't matter if it really covered your shoes or go down to all the way to your shoes. It was like high waters. And looking Pedal at pictures sure. now, yeah! Looking at it now, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I was so not fashionable. <laughs> but that was the fashion of the time, I guess. And also, I guess my parents also shopped a lot in Taiwan and they would bring back clothes for us and we would wear it, not thinking anything of it. So we often wore shirts with words that didn't, you know, didn't make sense in English. It was also weird patterns of like dogs all over our sweaters or all over our pants. As long as it covered up, it was okay. And the school allowed it. So it was really kind of awkward seeing like old photos, uh, school photos to now and it's like what I used to dress like that hide it hide it hide it you know <laughs> and also oh teen culture when I was a teenager I was really quiet I think <laughs> well in my terms I was really quiet because I wasn't always jumping around I was a little shyer but I wasn't shy because I was scared of other people I was shy because I was told I was sometimes inappropriate <laughs> by my parents and by my sisters and I grew up in a very tight Christian um, church community, and everyone was usually very conservative and quiet, so I thought, oh my gosh, if I'm loud, then people are gonna get mad at me. Mm -hmm. So I was scared, more like, yeah. in the whole teenage thing. Interesting. Hmm. When I think of also like teenage, I guess this is before teenage years, but going into high school it was a lot of like chinese jump rope yeah um and 
like fashion a lot of spaghetti strap tops yes um that was a big thing they had to start writing that into our dress codes i remember because that wasn't a thing it was they had allowed. to worry about no it's just not something that they had to worry about and oh. then all of a sudden that was really popular mm-hmm. and so everybody would be wearing the spaghetti strap tops and they had to finally <laughs> ban those oh. um this is also like the era of Spice Girls, you yes. know? Yes. <laughs> Everyone was reciting them. Have you heard of Spice Girls, yes. Shell? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So that was another big thing. I remember in, um, I mean, Spice Girls probably stayed pretty relevant throughout. But in fifth grade, I know that's not teen years, but in fifth grade, Everybody was doing Spice Girls on the talent show that we had to mm-hmm. cancel it because oh. <laughs> everyone was doing Spice oh, no. Girls. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think like when one thing would catch on, especially in the music scene, everybody knew about it. That's kind of the, around the time too, like in high school, it was Britney Spears. All right. Mm-hmm. I think a major thing that came up in our high, uh, junior high age was whether or not to shave your legs. That was when, I guess, people noticed more. If you did shave your legs, people were like, oh, you shave your legs? It's almost like a little daunting to actually do it. And then for people that did it, it was like, oh, you know, I don't really care about the culture, blah, blah, blah. But it's growing into the young people you became. You know, that process, that's where it started for me in my teen years. And going into high school, that was accentuated even more because my friends started wearing makeup and it wasn't like the caked on makeup that I see kids wearing today. It was literally just eyeliner or putting on a little lipstick or a little bit of foundation or blush on your cheeks. We were so innocent back there. Oh my gosh. That's really interesting, I find, because as a teenager now, we're still influenced by the whole 90s style. I mean, there's kind of like That's a true. reversion back to wearing mom jeans and <coughs> high-waisted <coughs> pants and spaghetti straps even I'm wearing <laughs> but um yeah that's really interesting and talking about how role models might affect you like Britney Spears or the Spice Girls do you uh, guys think you were heavily influenced by Justin know, like Timberlake MTV or certain forms of not really social media but just forms of media um I think the again the movie that made an impression on me when I was I think I was like 11 or 12 when I watched Clueless And in my Mm -hmm. head, I thought, okay, this is high school. This is what high school is going to be like. It is totally not. (laughs) (laughs) However, that's what, you know, that's what I thought. Like, you're going to have these great clothes that, you know, now Mm -hmm. are kind of coming back again, right? These different prints and um, the small bags and the certain, um, like, pom-pom fuzzy stuff whether it's on a bag or on a shoe or whatever (laughs) yeah and then and driving you know and all these different things but and also even this sounds really silly but in a lot of tv shows that you watch when you're a young kid going into like preteens for whatever reason the schools are all indoors and you yes. have lockers and you and you have Full to go to your locker and change your books and mm-hmm. there's like conversations happening at the locker right and there's time for it in and the there's videos. like you know guys asking for girls phone numbers and like trying <sighs> to you know all these different things and 
No, that didn't happen. <laughs> we didn't have walkers, um, and we didn't have our passing periods where you know you just get into class, <laughs> and it wasn't like that. But <laughs> I think it's funny looking back, like all these these different things that shaped my impression of what mm-hmm. high school was gonna be like. Um, not quite, but still still fun because you still like it's an experience and you Mm -hmm. you enjoy like different things and you still are joining different clubs and groups but some stuff like the locker thing I was just kind of like on the inside a little disappointed (laughs) I think the show that affected me the most was Saved by the Bell Uh and even Family Matters and California Dreams that was more like in high school I totally agree. They gave me this illusion of what it was going to be like. I was looking for my Zach Morris everywhere <laughs> I went. AC Slater, Jesse Kelly, and Lisa, and Screech, of course. I was just thinking college or high school is going to be like that. And when I got into high school, I was so disillusioned and so sad that there was no hot, pretty, preppy boy like Zach like, <laughs> in my life. And then AC Slater and... But many of the things that they discussed on those shows did present themselves in high school. Yeah. And a lot of the temptations or a lot of the things you do that's not very smart or like can injure yourself, friendships, relationships, and how ephemeral they are. It's really important to like remember that although these are fictitious characters and stuff, they still present a certain story. And a lot of those stories did manifest in my life at that point so to me the show became even more real unfortunately but it was also about the connection and I think as a teen that meant so much more to me like it was hugely disappointing and you're right it was all indoor schools and none of my schools were really indoors and they had the full-length blockers I was always looking for like a principal like Mr. Belding (laughs) and it or even Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. you know. I was looking for my with Mr. Oh, I forgot Mr. Feeney. Yes, Mr. Feeney. But I just never met them, or I never met exact versions of them. I met different people that kind of added up to this person mm-hmm. that was shown in media, and that still meant a lot to me. Although hugely disillusioned <laughs> going going into it, yeah. <laughs> I think something that all teens go through is you feel like everything is a really big deal when it's happening to you and Mm. your world is a lot smaller when you're like 14 years old and there's a big difference between like 14 and 17 but yet you're in the same school Mm -hmm. so you kind of I feel like you you go through this um weird time machine in high school because you start off like I started off being 13 in high school and not no I don't have a car no I can't stay out very late um and I just you know had a lot of extracurricular activities but then once you're 17 like I was driving by then and there's the potential to get in trouble if you wanted to um there's just comes like a lot more freedom I felt like by the time I got to that age um but you at that age too you're pretty much like figuring out who you want to be I don't feel like I've changed significantly from 17 to now being 31 
I feel like my interests have pretty much stayed the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still really heavily <clears throat> into music and writing. Um, but I think that the, the difference is that maybe you have more impulse control and more <laughs> um, you have a little bit the the foresight to kind of deal with like situations, deal with people and um, just be a little bit more level-headed. I think going back to your MTV reference though, Shell, I remember going home and I had a regimen of shows I would watch. I would catch the end of Saved by the Bell, like one of the episodes, and then it'd be Family Matters. And when it went to a show I wasn't really interested or I was too bored to watch those, I would skip over to MTV and watch the music videos. Mm -hmm. And there was always that Savage Garden, the... Truly Madly. Yes! Those songs were always playing, so I knew them so well. And everyone that I went to school with knew the words. Like, they would memorize it because of the music videos and MTV. And some of the shows on there were pure garbage, but it was the music video shows that actually got people going, oh my gosh, did you see that? Did you see the new video? Did you see the new song? Blah, blah, blah. That's how artists used to break music. Not just on the radios, not just putting out an EP or something like that. It was literally MTV had to air your music video and then suddenly you would blow up and you'd be all over the radio. Mm -hmm. And I think from that culture too stemmed a lot of people that wanted to do artists and be artists and do art, music, entertainment, and etc. Do you think that field like really blew up with the media? As soon as like MTV started doing that, do you think more people decided to pursue art or was there sort of an entertainment boom at that moment? Yes, because as young minds, we were being exposed to something that wasn't as popular before us, I want to say, because their shows were very not so appropriate. But then teens started having more access to those shows. They started changing the content up. And then suddenly, more people that I know that are my age went into music, started making their own little cassette tapes of music that they would record from the radio, you know, a box that played music not just by the touch of a button but at the touch of their buttons it was for those of you who don't know what radios are um and it was so exciting because you would trade these tapes with your friends girls you liked boys you liked you know and then it did create sort of a media culture amongst just your friends so when you grew up everything kind of blew up everything grew up with you Mm -hmm. the age of the mixtape yes Yeah, I think another thing is with, even though I wasn't huge on, like, watching MTV, um, when I'd go to a friend's house or a cousin's house, like, I would be exposed to it more. And I think it's, it made a big impact on youth because you get to see these, these um, stars as, like, people in a music video. They're not just, like, sound coming out. Like, you can actually put a face to them. Um, Because a lot of times they would be in their music video Mm -hmm. alongside whatever story is being told. So you feel invested because it's like a mini movie and it usually draws emotions out. And so when you mention that song by Savage Garden, like that hits me because I think of being head over heels, you know, for um, this guy in high school and listening to that song and just like being so emotional because, you know, I'm thinking about him and you're, it's just like, I remember I listened to that cassette tape so much, like I broke it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like music, 
that to me is how I define decades in my life or even yeah. just like significant periods. That reminds me of my own freshman year going to high school. And I remember being still very childish and very innocent until I, the sort of social media where every student had Instagram or Twitter. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like we all had to grow up really fast. Everyone started wearing makeup. The started exposure. getting into trends. Like, yes, simply the exposure. And everyone was like, we love hip-hop. And it was kind of this crazy, like, we're still children, mm-hmm. but yet we're adults. And, like, the whole SoundCloud and YouTube that <laughs> everyone uses all of a sudden, it's very, like, everyone wants to make their mark on the world. And now as a junior, looking back on the freshmen I see today, it's like, wow, they're really different. <laughs> they're very, very different. Completely agree because with every generation it does change. For me, it was I was a generation where MTV got better. Let's put it that way because their shows were really bad. If you really want to Google it or YouTube it, make sure you're it's you're at least seventeen because they were pretty bad. And then they when they, when they made the switch to showing more music videos in the afternoon because of the kids like me were watching it. That's when it started changing and growing. And then MTV, I remember, exploded to Asia, India, South America. And that's when they grew. Uh, They lost a lot of their traction in America, obviously. Mm -hmm. But internationally, they had such a presence. But yeah. Whenever I looked at people younger than me in high school and junior high and everything, I always thought to myself, oh my gosh, like, what kind of culture are they coming from? (laughs) I didn't understand it. And I kind of felt bad because I felt like we became more Americanized as we grew older in the American culture. And then we lost mm-hmm. a bit of our like older cultural side. Unless our parents are from the motherland, you know, then <laughs> of course, obviously, we're going to feel a deeper connection to our roots. But it's almost like as we grew up, we changed in a way that was, you know, change. we were finding who we were wanted to be or so we're like meant to be. Fitting our needs, sort of. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of curiosity for you two, um, what are your impressions of teens today? <laughs> um, I think um, that because there are so many things that stimulate us, it's really easy to not develop like strong um passions or like attachments to things when I think of like I think of music and um, different art forms and a lot of like my own students there's always something new right Mm -hmm. there always has to be something new and I feel like it's that same idea of here's your five seconds of fame right that Mm -hmm. you see in media but now it's like oh but you're the star of it now because you can because everybody has a phone everybody can record stuff and then but the thing is we perpetuate it because we're a lot of us are watching this on our phones through youtube through whatever it is and so everybody knows like memes and different things like that but it's entertainment but it's fleeting so i feel like a lot of youth today are um and not like by their own fault, but they're just they're missing out on on having those like deeper connections, I feel like. I have to agree because a lot of the teens I see today are very jaded. 
despite their young age. I feel like they've seen a lot. Obviously, they're growing up in a very different time than I grew up, including like the shootings and all the bombings and all the things they're experiencing as it comes in, like the rest of us. However, they're still younger. They have, le I would say when I was their age, I had less exposure to this. And yet they're getting it right away. And they have to deal with it as teens, you know, still com really emotional and hormonal people that haven't really learned everything about controlling their hormones or controlling their emotions and how they deal with things. I also think that teens today are in some ways more mature than the teens of my time because of how innocent or how less we've seen of the world. We didn't need to process it until college, technically. But teens today, because of what they're seeing, because of what they're living through and how the world around us is changing, they have to, they're kind of pushed to deal with it sooner. And if they can do it, great. They become stronger adults and people in the future. However, if they don't deal with it, that's where we see our problem kids happening. That's where we have a lot of people, you know, telling kids you should go talk to someone, therapist, someone at school. I mean, even, I know that in my school, high school years there was a school psychiatrist there's a school psychologist and we had GLCs but they didn't really have anything to really give us you know mm -hmm. they just helped us choose classes but now when I hear about kids you know GLCs are so busy because this kid is depressed that kid is having family issues they're bringing it all to school and the world around us is really crazy mm -hmm. so definitely teens today they're tough cookies they have a lot to deal with and they have to grow up really fast some of some of them mm -hmm. but some of them also don't have to and that's where i see myself in them and i'm just like oh they're pretty normal too and then it makes me question maybe my childhood was too mm -hmm. easy in my opinion as a teen myself i definitely see this as a concern just because i am surrounded by people who are also who also have to grow up so quickly that some of them fall short and feel depressed. And that's where the whole school psychiatrist thing that you brought up, um, that's a really big thing now. And my school has initiated new programs specifically for depression or like signs of suicide. Mm. So I think that's definitely a concern, but I think because teens are exposed, we definitely have a more broadened mind and we, mm. we can definitely explore new things and what we're passionate about. So it's sort of a pro and con in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Towards teens. Um, so do you have any more concerns about the teenage culture of today? I wonder, how do you see teen culture as it is today? Teen culture? Yes. I was definitely going back to the whole memes and uh, five seconds of fame. Um, there's definitely like little fleeting moments like Alex from Target or... Oh, right. Little Wasn't he a cute guy who was the yes. bagger at Target? <laughs> I Just don't know. Random, <laughs> random things, but then they'd blow up for, I don't know, a month. He made it on most. Ellen. Yes. Or the Daniel with the white fans. I was just what? thinking of that. That's like something that I know of, but I never understood mm -hmm. why or it was spinners. funny. What's di Daniel with the white fans? Daniel. The, the damn Daniel. Mm-hmm. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you know. Bands after that video was released, they made a lot of profit. Mm, and they oh. ended up giving him a lifetime supply of bands. Oh my goodness, what? Yes. So 
it's really crazy just how quickly I see teens because although I'm involved in social media, mm-hmm. I'd say I'm not as Savvy? up to date uh-huh. <laughs> in, in certain of current events, but just seeing how people can get so obsessed with little things That's and then all of a sudden it will blow up and it'll be a big deal for about a month or two and then disappear and then something new comes up. Mm-hmm. So I feel like teens are definitely growing up really fast, but then... I feel like there's a childish side of us that's like, we need to know the new thing, or we need to do this or do that mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> for fun. <laughs> what is fun these days? Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's that going back to this need to be entertained. Like, yeah. I feel like that's one thing that, unfortunately, because we have this uh, so much technology um, and it's great, like it, all these advancements, but then at the same time, we're taking away um, the kids' ability to like entertain themselves. That's true. Um, because I think about growing up, and it's so different than even how my younger siblings, who are Shell's age, like how they grow up. Because I grew up playing in the street, yeah, riding my bike. It wasn't dangerous back then, playing, apparently. Playing house, playing like make believe, basically mm-hmm. using my surroundings to invent my playtime your imagination yeah you using your grown. imagination so yeah. i feel like and then you would entertain yourself yeah. for hours right like with a sibling or whatever mm-hmm. but now when i see young kids like i see their parents trying like struggling to engage them in something that's not a video game or like something oh. that has to do with technology and so many parents ask me, like, how do I get my kid to read? And it's like, well, if this kid was pretty much born playing games, That's true. you know, it's really hard to expect them to, like, sit down and take the time to, like, read through something. It's learned. And I feel like we're kind of taking that away from mm-hmm. a lot of kids because, honestly, it's convenient. As a parent, you're like... I'm not a parent, but I can imagine how easy it could be to, like, ease a crying child by giving them something to watch. Yeah. Right? Instead of, like, sitting there and playing with them or... Using your energy and time. Yeah. So that's why I feel like, unfortunately, like, we need this balance. I think technology is good, and I don't think that, like, all teens today are, Mm. you know are bad or like don't know how to appreciate stuff but i think that it's just like learning how to balance these two ways of of growing up it is taught though right i think so i mean the other thing is i already felt like i was older than my um peers in a way because i grew up with my grandparents a lot so Stuff that they would show me to do for fun was, like, a lot of things with my hands. (laughs) Like, we would build grass, like, we would make grass skirts, or we'd build houses out of, like, popsicle sticks, and we'd paint them, and we did a lot of crafts. Like, in the summer, Mm -hmm. we did a lot of crafts and stuff, and um, that was just, like, what we did. Or we'd, like, bake with my grandma, or we Mm -hmm. would, you know, like, a lot of hands-on things. Yeah. We rarely would watch TV, which was odd, even when I was a kid, because everybody watched TV all the time. So, yeah, I think that just having your different upbringings, you know, you you just kind of have to decide (laughs) when you have your kids, like, okay, how do you, what do you want them to be exposed to? Because the more and more 
it's like screen time mm-hmm. it like a lot of studies are showing it really takes away from their attention like yeah. they can't can, they focus, can't have right. yeah they can't focus on stuff which makes it hard to like study or you know later and their, their grades will <laughs> depend yeah, on that. yeah I definitely agree with the reading concept because working in a library, getting teens into the library is the most difficult thing in the world. Mm -hmm. We have parents who bring their little kids. We have adults who come here looking for information or the newest books that they don't want to buy yet or for their book club. And we have the senior citizens that don't have anything better to do in the day to just come in. But getting teens in here is so hard because everything is digital. You don't really need to hold a book to read a story anymore. There are hundreds of stories going on on every social media platform out there, especially like Snapchat, Instagram, and Mm -hmm. Twitter, and Facebook. And so everything is out there. No one really thinks there is a need to read the books. And the teens that we do get into the library are usually like, I would like to say, the book smart, or people looking to read above their reading level, or their grade, or trying to explore more about their future options. And I always ask them, like, how can we get more teens in here? Like, what do you think? And literally, they have no answers for me. Sometimes they'll say something like, oh, maybe we should have an event. Maybe we should do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be like, okay, like what? And then that's where the conversation stops because they're so media bound and so media based. Mm -hmm. And then I just feel bad because they're missing out on a lot of great stories, on a lot of old stories. That's how we learn about the past history and how to not make mistakes that we made in the past. And there are a lot of great writers out there writing content that pertain to teens today. Yeah. Except teens aren't reading it because they're not re-picking up books. And I feel like that is something that I guess has to be taught as well. If you're growing up in a generation of technology, you're not going to turn to a book suddenly out of, oh, what is this hard piece of thing with pa- ri- words in the pages? You know, it's going to be about sitting them down and telling them the importance of a book, why it is that they should read instead of just flipping through digital news or whatnot and seeing how they react to it, finding the connection, which I've been figuring out how to do, and then getting them hooked onto like certain authors or topics or events that they really like. Mm -hmm. But teens, man! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Definitely, I see as a teen, reading depends on the type of teen. Like, me personally, sometimes I'm just so busy with schoolwork and assigned reading, mm-hmm. or we'll be reading a text piece rather than an entire book. Says the girl that read Gone with the Wind for fun, I think? Oh, yes. That was for a book report, though. Oh, okay. Yes. But it's just, we're so caught up with school, if, if the, t- the type of teen is like that if they're so caught up with school and then their free time is spent either like sleeping or (laughs) flipping through flipping through snapchat or if it's a type of teen that isn't passionate about reading and they have they have readily just they have ready distractions basically like through phones or video games so it's really hard to get i agree that it's really difficult to get teens to the library i think and it definitely has to be sort of prodded on by a teacher or a parent, like or extra credit work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we wrap up, um, do you guys have any sort of outlook on teen and millennial culture? Like, how is how are teens going to influence the future world? I guess in a way. Other than fashion and entertainment, 
that they're changing like every day now because of everything they put out there about themselves and what they see, what they like and everything. I feel like teens really have the power to make big changes in the future because of everything that was available to them since such a young age. You know, they have technology, they understand the importance of electric and green energy. They understand why it is important to be careful with your politics. They lived through Obama and Trump presidencies. Mm, yes. So they have lived through a lot. I think they have the potential to really become great people and leaders of the future if they choose to, mm. like everyone. We have all these resources now and all of us can choose to make a difference in the way that we want to. But again, it has to be us that wants to. Thank you. <laughs> so basically, teens aren't all that different. It's just what motivation they have. They're all individuals that can make their own choices in life, I guess. Yeah. And that determines their future. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Um, that basically wraps up teen culture. This is Shell. Um, this is Beef Life. I'm T Chai. And this is Flavor of Life. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.